Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. We are here in the middle of the week, leading up to the Final Four in Tampa, uh, and I should say the Division I Final Four. The D3 and the D2 have already wrapped up. We had the D3 National Champion of uh, head coach Jeff Hands of Thomas Moore join us last week. And now today, it is Division II National Champion head coach Steve Gomez of Lubbock Christian. This school has been Division II for four years, and the guys won two national championships. It makes no sense. They came from NAIA, where they were a powerhouse too, went to the uh, tournament every year, all 10 years. He was uh, at Lubbock Christian when he was an NAIA. A, a remarkable coach, clearly. Uh, I don't know him. I've never spoken with him before. This will be the first time. So I want to talk to him about his journey, uh, getting there. He coached high school for a bit, and then this is his job, and here he is, uh, another champion. If you missed the D2 National Championship, you really missed out. Uh, double overtime thriller. His team trailed uh, almost the entire first overtime, hit a three with about two seconds left to go to send it to double overtime, the first ever double overtime uh, in Division II National Championship history. So I want to talk to him about the game, about his program, and just kind of get an idea of who this guy is. We'll get him on the phone and be right back. This is the Jump Around. And welcome back to the Jump Around, and joining me, as promised, it is national champion again, Steve Gomez, Lubbock Christian Coach. Congratulations on yet again another national championship, and thanks so much for taking some time for me today. Well, I appreciate you giving us a chance to visit. It's still a little bit surreal, (laughs) hard to really put my finger on what just happened, but uh, I think this isn't a dream. Yeah, well, no, it's not. It was uh, an incredible game, as you and I were talking about before we got on here, and uh, we'll get into the game uh, soon. But before that, I want people to kind of get an idea of, of who you are. You've been at Lubbock Christian for a long time. You've been in Texas for a while. But uh, before that, you're you're a son of a, a military man and, and spent a lot of time moving around. I mean, you're in New Mexico and in Indiana and in Germany, uh, eventually settling in Texas uh, how was your childhood, um, well, I guess, how was your childhood, and how did it um, kind of influence you into the person you are today? Yeah, what a, it was a great opportunity growing up to just experience uh, a lot of different environments, uh, you know, even from birth. And I don't know if uh, this was a sign of things to come, but being born in Peru, Indiana, uh, up there in Indiana, where obviously basketball is huge, uh, just from that start, and then to have so many years later, we won our first national championship in Indianapolis. <laughs> so it was sort of an interesting bookends uh, uh, for that early life experience till then. But uh, yeah, to, to have a chance to to live in New Mexico, even as a young kid, which I don't remember much, but uh, being over in Germany to to come back to the states and South Dakota, uh, and then to finally end up in Texas. Just learning to, to adapt to different environments, I think, is helpful uh, as a person. You know, in basketball, obviously, it's helpful because there's always changing situations, and so uh, I think that life experience uh, broadened my worldview even to where you sometimes the only thing we know is what we know, mm. and so it's good to be yeah. stretched into into uncomfortable and new situations, which 
gives you hopefully a, a lot the ability to see other people's point of view and not be so uh, dogmatic maybe about uh, only the things that we know. Yeah, that certainly translates quite easily to, to basketball. Um, you are a graduate of Lubbock Christian, um, and I need to know, this is an important question, um, yeah, you won national champions, but you, you still hold the free throw record. I mean, that's, <laughs> come on, that Steve, is, that's what I'm talking what a, about. That, that is such an obscure fact. I mean, here, <laughs> well, I guess what that says is I didn't do much, and so the one thing I could do is make free throws, nice. and so uh, that, that's a funny stat. It was, it was fun playing back then. It had, it had solid, good teams, and had some guys that could really score, and I, I played point guard. And so when I set a lot of screens, I would do, you know, whatever it took. But I knew at the end of the game, when we had leads, the one way I could get points would be to shoot free throws. So I would never pass the ball. At the end of games, I knew teams were going to have to foul. And so that was my chance to get stats. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, you're, you're that guy luckily, when it comes in, the teammates open. You're like, nah, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. That, yeah. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to be able to make free throws. That's maybe the one skill I had. Uh, and so um, that's, yeah, good times here back in the eighties, a long time ago, had some great teammates. And, uh, yep. That's, I'm surprised you found that. Uh, I'm, I, I do my research, Steve. I do my research. Uh, do, do you still possess that ability? Has that, has that, you know, free throw shooting usually that that'll hang around for a while. Well, I'm telling you, if I tried to shoot with a men's ball, I, I probably yeah. couldn't get yes. it there. I, those, I feel after you. coaching women for 16 <laughs> years now, it, I don't even I can't imagine shooting with a guy's ball anymore. So, I, you know, that's. I think I still have the strength to get it there, 15 feet, but. That's about it. All right, that's fine. We won't we won't make you do that. We we won't do that. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, your your coaching journey. You you start a, as a high school assistant. Uh, you're at Lubbock Monterey from '88 to '95. Then you're the men's head coach at Lubbock um, Lubbock Cooper. And by the way, who knew Lubbock had so many high schools? Um, but in all seriousness, <laughs> you you're you're at Lubbock Cooper as the men's uh, coach from '96 to '03. Uh, and then the opportunity arises for you to take your current position. Uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about how that transpired? Yeah, it's again the, the providence, the way things happen. I just don't think they're by chance. I was hired out of uh, when I graduated from Lubbock Christian in '88. I, I had a, a job teaching math in a town around Lubbock, outside of Lubbock, and, and didn't have a coaching opportunity. I thought I wanted to coach, but there, there weren't jobs available. But Right before school started, uh, a position opened up at Monterey High School, and the assistant coach took over as the head coach. And that that coach, and his name is Vic Self, hired me uh, late in right before school started. And so it sort of was just a an odd opportunity. Well, strangely enough, Vic Self, who hired me for my first job, he's not one of our assistants mm-hmm. because he retired from high school coaching and just wanted to come. And so, anyways, it. it amazing the way things work mm-hmm. out but after having eight years there at Monterey the assistant boys coach had a chance to go to another school just south of town uh part of Lubbock but just outside the city limits uh, 3A it was back at the time a 3A school it's now grown to be a huge high school but had seven years there coaching boys and so 15 years of coaching high school boys was awesome never considered coaching women at all and and definitely didn't consider coaching high school girls but this this college opportunity opened up with a friend of mine who 
was a teammate when we played here. So it's another LCU connection. And he was going to coach. He was going to become the athletic director at LCU and stop coaching. And he called me and asked, would you be interested in coaching women at LCU? And that took me off guard. I thought I'd never considered it. Mm -hmm. And so I came to watch him play a few times that spring because he knew he was going to be done. It was probably in January he called. So that spring I went to watch a few home games and thought, that's a pretty good level of basketball. You know, it, it wasn't some of the some high school girls basketball is hard to watch at times. Yeah, and so I never had considered coaching with females in in high school, but the college situation opened, and I didn't think I'd have to change much in terms of strategic things that I did, or even the way I coached. And so, after watching for a month or so, I thought, "Hey, this would be great." And so, the opportunity presented itself. And I said yes, and I was sort of back to where I started in terms of college playing, and so then I had a chance to coach here. Yeah, and it it worked. I mean, 10 years as an NAI school, you guys go to the tournament every year. You go 234 and 96. Uh, so, you know, on paper, it looks like pretty seamless uh, transition. Was there anything that was more difficult than maybe you thought uh, as far as when you took the job? And, and if so, what was that? You know, there really was, and I, what I found out is that these females are tougher than us guys. I mean, <laughs> they, they, I don't know that I was surprised at that. Uh, I guess what I found out is, I've said this a lot over the years, is that, you know, guys need to play good to feel good, and and these women, the females, need to feel good to play good. And so they, if you can create a a unity and a bond player to player and have kids that enjoy each other, they're going to produce and play well. And it's such a, we found that it just developing a team is the most important part as opposed to developing individuals. Uh, and so there's a, there's a little difference in, in the mindset of coaching, but uh, I, I found it was an incredible joy and in that boy, the, Females are tough, and they and they really love to buy in the team, mm. and uh, so that was that was a great transition. Uh, there was, I mean, nothing really more difficult than I thought. Although you know, over the years, had a couple girls get married during the off seasons, or <laughs> even had you know, even had a player who, after she got married, her senior year was played a few of the last months of the season pregnant which obviously doesn't happen with guys ever yeah. and yes yeah. so just some interesting uh, dynamics of that yeah. no it was tremendous right well then you guys uh transitioned to division two and really picked up where you left off but that 2015-16 season you guys go 35 and 0 win that first national championship uh, I know you you've talked about it before and you said going into the season you knew you guys had a chance to be pretty good um but I mean, 35-0 and 0 in a national championship. It, it literally cannot get any better than that. Uh, was there a point in the season that you realized, like, oh, hey, like we've got a shot here? Well, that was a – that year we had, we had two players who were seniors that year, but the previous year they sat out what would have been their senior year. They redshirted. They played freshman, sophomore, junior, then sat out that year – so they could come back our first year of postseason eligibility. <laughs> wow. 
because they they had uh, they had desires to do something special, and so we started out that year knowing, hey, we're we're, we're going to be pretty solid. And our first, we had an exhibition game at UConn. Ah, you know, so okay, program. Go to play in That's Connecticut in Hartford, yeah. and uh, you know, so we're thinking, well, we're going to find out pretty quick if we can be any good at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, we scored the first bucket, so we're ahead two to nothing. Hey, come on. And then and then they scored, and then we made a free throw. We had three to two. From then on, it was just a wipeout. We ended up losing ninety-five to thirty-nine. Oof. But it was but it was one of those games where. Obviously, we just wanted to try to win some possessions and see how good we could be against the greatest. Yeah. But that game sort of set us up for, listen, I mean, obviously we weren't going to beat them, but it wasn't like we were helpless mm-hmm. because they did that to everybody. <laughs> That's and, so uh, true. That's so true. And, and then from then on, uh, we started that year, and that team was just incredibly consistent and focused. So it was almost from the start of the year, we knew it was, we had a chance to, to do something special. It was just a matter of, we talk about it. We went one and oh, 35 times. It wasn't like we went 35 and oh, all at once. And yeah. so we just had a, a daily mindset of being good. And so that, anyway, that year was from the start, there was a little bit of an edge to, to do that. Mm. Well, then you we transition now to this year. You you guys end up going thirty two and five, thirteen and one in conference. You you make it through. You play Drury, the one seed, uh, in the in the semifinal. Uh, you beat them. You go on to play uh, Southwest Oklahoma State in the championship game. Now again, if anyone missed it, I'm I'm sorry. I feel bad for you because that game was great. As, as a neutral observer who didn't have a horse in the race, it was great. I would have been I, I would have hated to have cared who who won. Um, but you guys are in that first overtime, you were trailing the whole time and, uh, you're down and then, uh, Maddie hits the three with, uh, about 2.5 left to send it to double overtime. Was there a moment in that overtime when you're, you're getting nervous or anything? Cause you are, you are a statue on the sideline, Steve. Like you are, you show no concern. I don't think you're happy. I don't know if you're mad. Like you were just there. Uh, so what were your emotions uh, kind of going through that overtime when it looked like it might get away for a second? Yeah, you know, it's it's just those moments of just trusting your team. I mean, I, there was that time, I think they banked in a shot at the end of the shot mm-hmm, clock. Mm-hmm. That, and it's those moments in games where, you know, you think, you know, those are the type of plays that either win, that, that win games. And it's a lot of times just by good fortune it's not a strategic move it's not you know the way it was drawn up and and you know when that goes in you you sort of are a second deflated but you're like well we just got to keep playing and so that was one of those moments like oh that might come back to haunt us mm-hmm. but you know it, it didn't we ended up getting a break on uh, that last second shot we ran a, a play and got a, a great open three-point shot to tie it you know, it's like 11 seconds left, 10 seconds left, but it missed. But fortunately it bounces. You know, we, we strategically placed our rebounder where we thought the ball would bounce. No, we didn't. And then, uh, <laughs> I you know, was like, wait down. a second. What? Stop. And, uh, that's what I'm, that, those are the things that like, you can't account for that. Mm. You know, this girl, the ball rebounds to right where we have a person. What's the chance of that? 
And then she finds Maddie Chitsey, who, you know, fortunately was aware enough to be stretching out to the three-point line in the mm-hmm. corner. And she catches it and steps back. And when that shot goes up, you're just thinking, we got to just, whatever happens, we've got to accept it. And luckily that shot went in. But uh, So those, you know, those last few moments are, again, good fortune for us. And it worked out. Yeah. Uh, you guys kind of pulled away in the second overtime. Uh, there wasn't much drama at the end. And again, you, you, as the, as the horn goes off, your players rush the court, uh, your assistants kind of mobbed you and you just were kind of watching your, your players celebrate. Uh, I know you shook the hand of your assistant you said, good job. But other than that, you looked, I mean, if I would have just, if I had a picture of your face and you would have asked me, you know, what was Steve doing at this time? I would have been like, I don't know, going into the office in the morning. I mean, you really couldn't tell uh, what just happened. Uh, what what was it? Were you overwhelmed? What what was going through your head? Well, I mean, I mean honestly, my emotion at, at that moment was was a little bit of, of relief, but I just hurt for Coach Music, and I mean, that was a tough game to lose. I mean, you're thinking yeah, yeah. that was a chance for a, I mean, that was a national championship game, and uh, you know, obviously, we were so thrilled to win, but at the same time. You know, it's not like I thought, hey, we deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, and they deserve to lose. And it's just one of those moments of, wow, I, I sort of can't believe this happened. And at the same time, you know, there's other emotions that, that are going on that I really sort of hurt for, for the passion of that game for someone not to be able to experience the joy of winning was sort of like, well, that's, I was conflicted, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I'm actually, Coach Music's going to join me tomorrow, so we'll kind of see it from the other side uh, as well. But yeah, you, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's not a game someone deserved to lose. No, and, I mean, they're just, you know, great people. You know, it's not like, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, you, you root for people and coaches or players because they're just, they do things well and you appreciate them and they're, their maturity and their class. And so that was sort of it, you know, Haley Tucker, just what a great game she plays. And, you know, it's just hard to end a career like that. Yeah. And I mean, I had told, I had told her that team when we played her in the year before we played, I said, I, I told her this is a team that can win a national championship. It reminded me of our team from 2016. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I told her that I said, this is y'all, y'all can win a that never thinking that, months later we'd be playing them for that (laughs) and uh so uh, you know i guess i just had some empathy for the hurt they were going through yeah what um i mean again your your record speaks for itself you you had the two national championships i mean when you first got into it i mean there's no way you could have envisioned this all this success right (laughs) oh absolutely not i mean (laughs) it's just uh, i mean again i and not necessarily even that that was the the long term vision or goal. We just wanted to hey, be as excellent as we can be, do what we do well, and you know, then wherever that lands us, we gotta live with that and be content with it and not thinking that over this span that we would have these opportunities. Yeah. What is something that you have found over your time there um, that you have needed to grow in the most or improve in the most? Personally or as, as a team? Uh, you personally. Or both. You can take it both. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. I, I, I think some of that is just 
realizing that you were not in control. I mean, I've got to continue to, to realize that as much as I, I think we can plan and strategize and, and get things to be a certain way, really, a lot of things are out of our control. And, you know, I know as coaches, we want to have this great plan and make all our, we can't make our players do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't make anybody do anything or think anything, feel anything. Uh, and so just becoming more and more able to trust the team and, and back away and let, let them be who they are. Uh, I think that's something I've continued to learn. And, uh, and with dealing with the female athlete, as opposed to the male athlete, I've, I'm still learning after all these years, what what they need to perform well as opposed to as a male, as a guy, our minds think differently. It's just continuing to try to learn how to get in tune with with their emotion and their thought process. Uh, because obviously, you know, us guys over a course of a lifetime, we're never going to figure that out. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Very true. Um, what is What is it about Love It Christian? Because... You you could have you could have left by now if you wanted to. Um, there are other job opportunities like and and I don't need you to talk specifically about those, but like we know we know that you've had opportunities to to go elsewhere. What is it that's made you stick around uh, at that school for so long? Well, it's what drew me here back in nineteen eighty four. Uh, you know, again, every school is going to have their own special environment and people say this is a special place and you know you can't tell someone else their school's not as special <laughs> as yours but uh, it's just there's just a draw here again god is everywhere but i think there's a special spirit here uh, you know my wife went to school here you know i went to school here uh you know coach cell phone my assistants went to school here uh it, it's just a neat place my Lubbock itself is just a wonderful community. Uh, it's it's a, a great place to live. My, my parents live here. My whole family lives here. I mean, it's just like there's so many positives that there's not a reason to go searching for something when you have a great experience. And also knowing for all of us that, I mean, it's not just about basketball. I mean, if it was just about playing the game, there might be other opportunities that would be neat to experience. But, uh, you know, the church home we have here, the relationship there, the so it's hard to put a finger on. It's one of those things I honestly think when we get, like for recruits, if we can just get ever to get families or players to come to Lubbock to visit, I've, we've always, that's been the key. It's, it's those that are hesitant to even come and look. But once mm-hmm. they're here, uh, it's one of those things like, oh, that is different. Yeah. Or it is unique. And yeah. it's, but it can't be explained over, over the phone or over an email or on a website. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, what would you say, um, getting towards the end here, but I just, uh, I, I, with your success, I think you, you've got to, You've, you must have experienced some things that people can learn from. Um, what would you say to uh, younger Steve um, 
something maybe you would have done differently, uh, if anything, maybe not. But uh, what would you now, uh, looking back on your career, is there any advice you would have given younger you that would have uh, helped it be even even better or easier, even though things did go really well? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I just continue to, I mean, surround myself or yourself with just with quality people that that have a bigger picture in mind. Don't let the game. I think part of the reason we had success even this year. I think Olivia talked about it a couple times. Olivia Robertson in a press conference about how should they shrunk the game down to make it smaller instead of making the game bigger. And when you can shrink things down and, and see them in their right light, then it's much more manageable and, hand, and you can handle it better instead of elevating a game or uh, you know whatever to something bigger than it is. Mm. And just remembering we're not that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, I think James Dobson said life has a way of trashing your trophies. And over the course of time, realizing, you know, hey, the trophies are awesome and all that stuff is great, but it really doesn't settle in and give you peace every day if you have to stand in front of the trophy case to get it. And uh, so I think just that, and again, usually the older we get, the the more we're able to see these things. Yeah. It's hard to tell your kids something that, that you've yet experienced, but uh, just continue to have a sense of humor about yourself and realize not that big a deal. That's good. That's sage advice, really, uh, sincerely. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Uh, again, Steve Gomez, Lubbock Christian, Division II national champions for the second time uh, in just four years at the D2 level. Coach, it's been remarkable. I, I really appreciate you sharing your story with me and, and some of your advice, and uh, congrats to you and your team yet again. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, considering us, and hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, it was helpful. Uh, it was cool hearing his story, hearing some of his thoughts. Um, man, two national championships in four years after transitioning. Like, that's pretty crazy. But um, I appreciate Steve, and I appreciate his time. Love it, Christian. National champs yet again. Uh, pretty remarkable stuff. I'm serious. Go back and watch the game if you haven't. All right? I know it's the third time I've said it, but for real. Thanks for listening to The Jump Around. Whether you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, it's appreciated. If you could leave a rating and review on iTunes, if that's where you're listening, that would be appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter always, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.